your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin with you on this beautiful Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. As promised from yesterday's episode, Jose Romero from the Arizona Republic will be joining us to chat about the story he co-authored alongside Craig Harris, two of my former colleagues, of course, uh, in the Phoenix media, writing a story about Mitchell Miller having four years ago admitted to bullying uh, and abusing and taunting a black disabled teenager back when he was growing up in Ohio. We have Jose uh, standing by to give us his take on the story. Of course, we broke down the basics of the story yesterday, uh, Monday's episode. You can go back and listen to that if you have not yet. Uh, again, the details of the story are a tad graphic to hear. Jose and I do discuss it a little bit, and I do discuss it in Monday's episode, so I just want to let you guys know about that. Today's episode, though, is brought to you by Rock Auto. want to let you know about that before we get started. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and you can tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, without further ado, we will get to Jose's interview. All right, and joined now uh, by again, Jose, Jose Romero from the Arizona of the Republic. Arizona Republic. Right. Jose, now. of course, one of the co-authors along with Craig Harris of the story uh, that broke Monday regarding Mitchell Miller and his past. Jose, thanks so much for uh, joining us. How's it going today? Good, Rick. Uh, I miss I miss seeing you and Matt and all the folks at the seeing you guys at the games or wherever I know, you know, it's been a little while, but uh, those were good times. So uh, I hope everything's going good with you too. It has been. Hey, everything's been going good. Uh, you know, New Hampshire's a lot different from Arizona. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's awesome, man. Obviously, uh, you know, as as the listeners know, I used to be, you know, with the Arizona Republic, of course, and, and part of the Coyotes beat, but this is my, my way, you know, Jose, of still staying in touch with Coyotes fans, you know, just trying to keep that dialogue going. Obviously, some some big news breaking Monday regarding Mitchell Miller and uh, an incident that occurred when he was 14 years old. Maybe for the listeners who haven't heard about this report that you and Craig did uh, on AC Central right now, you guys can find it. Can you kind of explain to, to the listeners kind of what you guys found out and, and, and the information that you presented in that story? Okay, so uh, Mitchell Miller is was the fourth round pick of the Coyotes in the draft on October seven, <clears throat> six or seven. And now the date fails me real quick, but uh, uh, so he was the fourth pick and the first overall pick for the Coyotes in that draft because um, they did not have their first three picks due to sanctions from the league and a trade that they made with the Colorado Avalanche involving Carl Soderberg. So. Uh, bottom line was they had that that first pick was the fourth round pick and they chose Mitchell Miller with the 111th pick overall. And um, it, we found that uh, actually I've learned right not not much longer after the draft I've found out that that he had this checkered past. Mm. And um, you know there was a decision to be made there. I mean it was a it was a Second day of the draft, right? And there's lots going on. They made, you know, five or six other picks. And, you know, you have to make a decision as a beat writer. Do I, do I pursue this or do I table it and just try to get in all the draft news, you know, as much as I can? And, and what I chose to do was stick to the draft because, you know, that's what I felt comfortable in. I'm, 
was still fairly new to the job, still am. But, uh, but we found some, some very sordid details about Mitchell Miller and his bullying of a, of a, uh, a black child in Ohio where they're from. Um, and you know, the, you know the rest, you know the details that were in the story. Um, there's police reports that back up everything. There is a, a statement, you know, there's obvious, there's evidence and there's clarity and fact that NHL teams, some NHL teams stayed away from drafting Mitchell Miller because of this incident. Um, and so that's where we stand. The pick was made. Mitchell Miller was chosen. Uh, he's in the fold. He's playing at the University of North Dakota right now. And I'm sure today has probably been a, a rough day for he and his family um, because the decision was made on our end at the Republic to pursue the story. Uh, last week so that's where we are and some really kind of grotesque details coming out in that story uh if you if you're listening and and don't want to hear the details they're they're a tad graphic so i'll just give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of that disclaimer but um you guys uh writing in there that miller admitted in an ohio juvenile court to bullying uh isaiah meyer crothers who was as you write tricked into licking a candy push pop that Miller and another boy had wiped in a bathroom urinal. Uh, and then also writing about taunts and, and, and perhaps even a, a lack of apology there. And this was something you, you alluded to earlier too, that uh, NHL teams knew about this. This was something that NHL teams knew about something that certainly the coyotes knew about. I know Bill Armstrong was not directly involved in the draft, but something that NHL teams knew about, but they drafted the kid anyway. And, you know, wouldn't you know it at a time when PR really couldn't get any worse for the Coyotes, given the financial, uh, you know, issues that have come up in recent months, given uh, the tumultuous departure of former GM John Chica. Do you think, I mean, look, I'm all for second chances, Jose, but do you think this was really a prudent move on the part of the Coyotes to select with their first pick and the first pick under both Gutierrez, the first, uh, the NHL's first Latino president and CEO and Alex Morello, uh, the NHL's first Latino owner to make Mitchell Miller somebody, as you put it, with a checkered past. Do you think it was prudent for them to to take him with that pick, given all that's been going on around the organization and the world? Well, I think you know Craig kind of makes the point there in the in the beginning of the story, um, and and early in the story where he talks about how uh, the organization is one that has had a lot of negative press and PR, and they're trying hard to, to, you know, reach out to different communities, communities of color, other communities, um, you know, younger people trying to really bolster the image of the franchise and sell tickets and, and, you know, build the fan base, which is admirable on their part. But, you know, you, you, you just kind of have to look at it and say, here's this organization going out and really, really trying hard to put on a really good face for the community and rightfully so. And then um, this is uncovered and this is put out there. And this news about Mitchell Miller and, and his past and then the decision to go ahead and pick him uh, kind of flies in the face of all of that. And um, um, I think, I don't know if, if they had to do it all over again. You know, I don't know if they'd make the same decision to make that choice. Uh, you have to take into consideration the the changing of the guard there at the uh, at the top the GM position there were some other people that were in the past administration the Chica administration that were let go 
So there was uh, there was some holes being filled quick and some decisions that had to be made fast. Um, you know, from my reporting and my um, looking into it, I found that Mitchell Miller was a higher rated draft prospect in the fourth round. And, you know, had he not been involved in these things, he might have been chosen much sooner. And uh, and then listening to to your you know solo podcast earlier, I think you hit it on the head. And you know, I, you know they had to make a splash. They needed to they needed to get a player in who could make an impact, maybe not right away, but somebody who could um, who they thought had the potential to be a nice player, to be a rear, uh, an important contributor. And that's why they went with Mitchell Miller. So you mentioned that too, and 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 I did talk about this on on Monday's episode too. Uh, this is also something that really struck me was uh, you guys had a, a statement given to you by Javier Gutierrez, and and this really struck me uh, what Gutierrez said in the statement. I'm reading off off the story. You guys can go and check out all the details. AZCentral.com, of course. Uh, uh, this is what Javier has to say, quote, when we first learned of Mitchell's story, it would have been easy for us to dismiss him. Many teams did. Instead, we felt it was our responsibility to be part of the solution in a real way, not just saying and doing the right things ourselves, but ensuring that others are too, end quote. Now, like I said before, I'm all for second chances, and and, and I understand this kid was, was 14. I know it was only four years ago, and I understand he was only 14 years old. And there are some grotesque uh, details in there of of what he he did, both allegedly and, and what he admitted to doing. Um, but at the same time, that reads to me, and, and I know you know you're <laughs> you're 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 the beat reporter, and I know you can't uh, you know kind of go off on this uh, you know on this rail off the rails with me on this one. But uh, that really seems like the Coyotes. You kind of they're trying to spin that their way. They're trying to make it seem like you know that they had a responsibility to draft and, and rehabilitate his character. And I, I just don't buy that for a second. And for me, it just seems like the team that that's, that's just damage control one-on-one uh, from, from what I know about my time covering the coyotes. And I, I guess where I'm, where I'm trying to go with it is that that just seems to be what the coyotes are, are at the best at right now, because they're just spinning damage control all the time at this point. Uh, whenever something goes wrong, it's, there's nothing for them to do but retreat and spin it back to you know where they need it to be. But at the end of the day, uh, you have a prospect who's part of your organization now, and Mitchell Miller, that uh, really did some some terrible and, and awful things to uh, a a black disabled team uh, back in Ohio. Jose and I will pick this up right at the other end, right after these words. You guys already know Rock Auto is the way to go. It's a family business. They serve auto parts customers online, and they have been doing it for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And you might be thinking, why Rock Auto? I can go here. I can go there. You know, why would I choose Rock Auto? I'll tell you why. Because they give the same exact prices no matter who you are. So you know those Rock Auto rates are reliably low every single day. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About a section so they know that we sent you. I want them to, I want them to know, guys. Locked On Coyotes, we are where it's at. I want them to know that Locked On Coyotes sent you. Once again, that's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Built Go. 
you already know, the best workout gel on the market in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and of course, my favorite, chocolate mint. It is so good. They're combining energy gel with collagen protein. It's fast absorbing, gets into your system fast, easy on the stomach, better for you than those monsters, those five-hour energies, whatever. So much better for you guys. Telling you the B vitamins, the honey, just the right amount of caffeine and no crash at the end of the day. They keep me going strong and they can do the same for you. And guys, you know that collagen protein, it also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Yeah, this stuff will literally make you look better. You can go to builtgo.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you can get 20% off. That's 20% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKED at 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jose Romero, Arizona Coyotes beat writer for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com joining me here on today's podcast. Jose, we talked about it before the break, but it it really seems like the Coyotes are, it's one thing after another with these guys. There's, there's one thing going on after another, but I want to get your thoughts on um, sort of, where the organization finds themselves positioned right now uh, with the culture today and, and how the, the NHL is, is seemingly making efforts to have a more inclusive culture. We know it's a, it's a very predominantly white sport, uh, but Alex Morello is the NHL's first Latino owner. Javier Gutierrez is the NHL's first Latino president and CEO. And I wrote a story for the Republic. It was actually my last story before I left about how the Coyotes really could be positioned to be champions of real change in the NHL. And yet their first step in doing in, in, you know, theoretically doing so is selecting a player in Mitchell Miller, who four years ago uh, admitted to uh, really abusing a, a black disabled teen. When you look at this ownership group and you, and you look at Javier and you look at Alex, Jose, what do you think that this organization needs to do? How can they get things back on track? How can they, how can they start to really be champions of real change here and not make these mistakes anymore? What do they have to do in your mind? Well, I think that, that Javier Gutierrez, first of all, um, has been, you know, pretty upfront with me in my conversations with him. Um, you know, he's been, he's been honest. Um, he has been very forthright about what his intentions are. And um, he's followed through on them. So uh, to to his credit, he has said that, you know, he has really taken the platform that he's been given as a top executive in the NHL, you know, historic in the historic sense as well, to um, to sell the product, to introduce hockey to communities where it might not have ever taken hold. Um, and, and that's kind of where that has to continue, you know, for this franchise to to continue to build on its on, you know, on, to better its public image. Um, you know, I think the, the longtime fans, they, they kind of already understand the ups and downs of the franchise. There's been a lot of, of down moments. There's been a lot of strife and a lot of, um, ownership changes and, you know, arena talk and what's, is this team going to move? Um, you, you're just, you're aware of all this stuff just as I am. So, uh, the, the steps that have to be taken include, what Javier Gutierrez is trying to do out in the community and also, you know, give the fans a sense of stability, you know, give, give the fans a true sense of we are here. We're here for the long haul and we're going to have our missteps and we're, but we're just going to keep trying to learn from them and trying to, you know, not only make the product better, 
but also, you know, on ice product better, but also be better in the community. Getting back to the story, did did you really have a sense that, um, you know, other NHL teams were either vehemently not going to draft him or, you know, was your sense that eventually some team was going to take a flyer on this kid, even despite uh, the issues of his past? How far did you guys, uh, did you and Craig really get in, in kind of determining how NHL teams felt about Mitchell Miller and his draft prospects? So Rick, that part was my end. And I, and I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't say I took a deep, deep dive into that, but I, I came away with the sense that, I think another team probably would have picked him at some point if the Coyotes didn't. Um, you know, I think another team would have been willing to take on that chance, take on that burden. Um, who knows when? Um, I wouldn't say there were a lot of teams that would have done that, maybe just only a handful. But, um, you know, the the sense was, you know, teams passed him over. I'm not sure how many. I would probably say a good share. But I do feel like somebody – would have taken that chance. Um, the tough part here, right, is that, you know, the, the if the Coyotes would have passed on him and somebody else takes him, you know, chances are that organization does, is not dealing with the same types of issues that the Coyotes are dealing with at the moment, you know. And so that sort of compounded everything else that, that you've already mentioned, you know, in terms of the past with the you know, departure of the previous GM and, um, you know, the, the financial things. The, the payment of bonuses that hadn't been made, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's the part you, you sort of wonder about. All right, Jose Romero with us on Locked On Coyotes. We're going to take one more break and then wrap things up on the Mitchell Miller story. All right, we are back here, Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast. Network. Jose Romero, Arizona Coyotes beat writer for the Arizona Republic, joining me uh, today to chat about the story that was out in uh, the Arizona Republic today about Mitchell Miller and his past. And before the break, Jose, you kind of were talking about how it seemed like perhaps if the Coyotes hadn't have drafted Mitchell in the fourth round, some other team would have taken him. And, and maybe due to the compounding of issues and negative press that's been surrounding the Coyotes in the past few months, perhaps there wouldn't have been as much of a crap storm uh, about this story. But do you agree that, I mean, because I, I, I certainly feel this way and I want to know if you agree that regardless of of which team uh selected miller there would there would have still been uh a bit of an upheaval when whenever you know if if or whenever this story came to light as you guys brought to light do you feel like there would have been an upheaval regardless of of the market in the team in which uh miller was drafted to oh absolutely i mean you know you, you can't uh you can't ignore a police report you know because that's facts you can't you can't just dismiss, uh, you know, news reports of what of what the kid did when he was younger. Um, there were criminal proceedings. There was action taken. You know, there was a legal process to go through. So all those things are documented. And uh, I think, you know, we're, we're only human. I mean, we see something like that anywhere you are. You see something like that and, and it kind of makes you sick to your stomach. And so, you know, I think, uh, but I think the, you know, you said you, you hit the nail on the head. It's just, it just happened to be this team with everything else that it's dealing with. Um, you know, I, I'm in a tough spot because as the beat writer, you know, I'm, I'm trying to foster good relationships with, with the team and with the, the sources that I'm trying to get to know. And, um, but I felt it, it was important for me to be a part of this story 
because of just the 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 nature of it and and how you know big a deal this this really is so this was something that you had been chewing on for some time then and and, i mean at, at what point did you know you guys really start kind of getting in the weeds about how you were going to present this story and, you know, when and when and how really it was going to be told, because you, you said, I think in the first segment that it was something you, you became aware of, uh, you know, a, a day or two after the draft, if I'm remembering correctly. And so, so w- when exactly did you guys form a, a, a plan of action of, yeah, we have to go after the story and, and this is, this is how we're going to present it. So I think it was probably, probably a week ago when uh, Craig Harris who is a, a bulldog of an investigative reporter, as you know. Yeah. Um, you know, he he got wind of it. Um, and he sort of, you know, not pressed is the right word here, but just kind of, you know, made it, made it, put it, put it back into light. And at that point, um, you know, I had to, I had to own up to the decision that I made in terms of, you know, deciding to sort of table it for a little while while I, while I got my feet, while I got my bearings. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, you know, you, you can't really walk it back, right? You know, you have to, you have to make a decision. Yeah. Do I step back and, and not take part in the story? Or, you know, do I contribute in some way and, you know, make this something that just kind of show that, that this matter is important to me and also important to be covered as the guy who's working on the hockey end. So that's kind of how that all came about. All right. Well, Jose, you're doing a fantastic job down there at the Arizona Republic. I, I, I think I told you before we started recording that I was more than happy to, uh, to, to see you get the job at the Republic. And uh, there's, there's nobody else I'd rather be, uh, rather be reading on that byline uh, that, that I used to share uh, than Jose Romero. So you're doing a fantastic job over there. Thank you, uh, you know, on behalf of, of all of us for, for bringing this story to light. It's a very important story. And, and thanks so much for, for joining us here today, Jose. Really appreciate it. You bet, Rick. Take care, man. Good luck to you.